Matthew 9, find verse 35, reading from the New King James Version microprint. Find verse 35. Uh, we do have notes for you. And uh, if, you, if you've received those, we'd encourage you to fill those in and go ahead and preach it to somebody else. We have folks that have made whole binders of all the notes that have been passed out. It is a custom that we have, tradition that we have. We don't always hand out notes, but probably 90% of the time I do. This is a powerful word, and uh, it's affected me. I have no doubt it's not only going to affect you, but I believe that tonight God is going to release miracles. I believe that every time we come together, God's releasing miracles. We're going to preach on divine healing and keys to releasing a key, compassion, a key to re- of divine healing. Compassion, a key of divine healing. Our text is Matthew 9, find verse 35. Are you ready? Say amen. amen. Here we go. Then Jesus went about all the cities, villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every, uh, every sickness among the people. Verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Father, we pray tonight a great move of your spirit. We ask tonight that you would go beyond the confines of our finite mind. People have come from near and far. There's those that are online tonight that are longing for a fresh word from heaven. I believe you've given that to me. I pray, Holy Spirit, come by your power, come by your anointing. Come on, if you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, go ahead and do it right now. We thank you for what you're going to do. Every man, every woman, every child be brought low. You be glorified and magnified tonight. Lord, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I've asked the Lord that he would, out of his compassion, move on your life tonight in a way that maybe you've never had happen before. You know, anytime we come together here at KC, it's not just a, well, we're just sort of coming together. And we come together for God to pour out his spirit, for us to be transformed, for us to be changed. Anything is possible with God. With God, nothing is impossible. And he can heal cancer. He can heal disease. He can heal marriages. He can heal children. There's nothing that he can't do. He can do it all. But he not only can do it, he wants to. And most people don't know that he wants to. He's not only able, it's one thing to be able, it's another thing to, to, to have a want to. He wants to. He's moved with compassion for you. The wonderful working of God's grace and miracles, gifts of healing. Right in the introduction, the uniqueness of the Christian revelation of God. The Christian revelation of God is different than other religions. They're false religions. And... The Christian revelation of our God is that he's a God of compassion. He's a God of mercy. There's no fatalism with our God. 
He said, you can travel to other parts of the world and look at other religions. So if somebody ends up destitute, broken, sick, and diseased, then it's like, well, that must be your lot in life. And even who they call God would say, well, that must be God's will. Even, even those who don't know how to rightly divide the word would take Christians, well-meaning, but well-meaning and deceived, would take the book of Job and say, well, he gives and takes away, so he must have given you cancer. Oh, well. Job, Job, was, Job, Job was one of the oldest books in all of the Bible, and that's a covenant that, that we're not under. I said we're not under the covenant of Job. And so when you sing, oh, well, I guess the Lord, you know, the Lord just killed him, took him home, that little baby. That's not even a biblical idea. That the, I listen, that's not even a biblical idea, and I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything, and maybe you've had a child that have lost, that have died and passed away. We don't understand things, and I, I know it's all got a, got, you know, God is the judge of all, but the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and many times people attribute to, to God what absolutely is the devil and tolerate his shenanigans, his, his lies, instead of take authority over it. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ delivers us from bondage, sickness. I love this text. He says he healed every sickness. How many? All of them. He healed every sickness and every disease. Everyone, all who came to him were healed. And so you see pouring forth from Christian nations, Christian workers and people filled with compassion. Because God is a compassionate God. And if you do a study on compassion in Scripture and relate it to healing, it's a miracle. It's actually, it's a key. You'll see that Jesus has moved in the King James says, of the bowels of compassion. Now, the key verse for us tonight is verse 36. He was, saw the crowd. And he was moved with compassion. It was out of compassion that he sent them two by two into the villages to preach the gospel of the kingdom. It was out of compassion that he laid hands on the sick. It was out of compassion over and over and over, God, fully God, fully man, healing the sick and setting the captives free with compassion. We forget that compassion is key. Now let me tell you how I forgot this. I realized I forgot it and the Lord, the Holy Spirit just, man, I, I went to the woodshed uh, yesterday. I don't know you know what the woodshed is. That's where you go out and get lickens. You don't know what lickens is. Discipline. The chastisement of the Lord. And what had happened, there was a situation that took place where there was, um, let me see if I can say this as in a veiled way as possible. I'll just talk in generalities, otherwise I'm going to get myself in big trouble. So, I've been in ministry a long time. And early on in my ministry, and in, in Pastor Karen in my ministry, we probably would have what I would call a Messiah complex. What is that? That means, that means I would run to the rescue and salvation of every single hurting, broken person that would call anybody. You say, well, isn't that what we should do? Not necessarily. Now, over time, I ended up getting a bit jaded. How many of you know what that means? That means kind of like, you know, you burned out a little bit when somebody calls you and they want help and then they want help some more and they make you Jesus instead of finding Jesus themselves and they begin to suck the blood right out of your neck like a spiritual vampire 
And there's many in ministry that don't want to be in ministry anymore because they've had, they don't understand boundaries and learn, knowing how to direct people to Jesus and knowing when to step off and let somebody just learn to swim a little bit as opposed to rescue them all the time. I don't know if you've ever seen a child that's not allowed to walk. You know, they grow up, my right? Nurse, Reverend, Jan. You know, you can pick a child up so much and carry a child so much that they actually don't learn to walk. And you can pick them up every time they cry. I remember a prophetic vision that Jim LaFoon had, oh, probably three or four years ago. And it was all of these Christians in like a hothouse. Uh, a, um, you know what a hothouse is? A, a greenhouse. And so they were protected from the rain and protected from the wind. And they were on these, these comfortable sort of beds, but more like chicken coops. And then in one moment, the bottom fell out and all of these Christians hit the floor and some of them just began to cry and, and, and wail and other ones decided to stand up. Now I'm going to tell you that there are obstacles that come that are, that are clearly from the devil. You need to bind, gag, muzzle him, send him to the most profound places of hell and take authority over it. And there's other storms and things that happen that are created or allowed, I should say, because of your own stupidity also because it's the storm of the Lord. There is the storm of the Lord, Jonah. So I was talking with somebody who was being pulled around by somebody who was, in my perception of things, extremely codependent, trying to suck the blood out of a, a, a pastor that I know. And so my counsel was a little bit, well, Western, sort of. A little bit, you know, not exactly filled with compassion. And the reason is, and I realized after I, I gave the counsel, the reason is because I've been so backstabbed and people have tried to use me. And, you know, I'm good. But at the same time, I'm not codependent. So I'm going to help somebody, but if they want me to do everything for them, you're going to have to find some other pastor because that ain't me, man. I ain't doing that. that ain't, that's not even a biblical thing. Right, you need to grow up. You need to put on your big pants, put on your boots. You need to suck it up, buttercup, get a grip. All right, now, but there are, there is hurting, there is broken, there is a need for healing. There is, there is times when you can't find the forest from the trees and you really need somebody to, to lean on. You just call on your brother when hand. We all need somebody to lean. Just might have a problem that oh, we all need somebody to lean on. Lean on me, yeah. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend. It won't be long. I need somebody to lean on. Yeah. We need each other. I will tell you, I am really aware of the body of Christ and my need for brothers in Christ and, and on my need for friends and, and, and people that will war with me and fight with me. We need that. But at the same time, some folks, not necessarily here, 
then again, maybe you are here. Some folks haven't quite figured out that Jesus is your source. And until you really get a, get a confident assurance and learn to pull on and develop your own faith, that God will come through for you. Quit being codependent, you know. So I've been through a lot of situations where people have taken advantage of compassion. And as a result, I've found myself not so compassionate. And I had to repent. I had to repent for not being so compassionate. And the Lord spoke to me and he told me, he spoke to my heart and said, you know, compassion is the key for releasing the power of God. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, why are you telling me? Oh, yeah. I probably am running a little short right about now. Everybody say compassion. Understanding the compassion of the Lord right in the notes. In Exodus 34, 6, it says he, talking of God, passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Wow. There's pictures of compassion in the Old Testament, but especially in the New. You really, in the Old Testament, we don't, we don't, they didn't see exactly the way that the Lord is. When Jesus comes, he really made a clear picture of what the Father is like. And so in the New Testament, these pictures of compassion, all through the parables, he talks about compassion. And the prodigal son, some of you were that prodigal son or that prodigal daughter in, in Luke chapter 15. He, he gets his, he gets his uh, inheritance early, which is basically saying, Dad, I, I wish you were dead so you could just hook me up with the money because I'm all done with this farming and all this. I don't want to do this anymore. And anyway, the father gives him his inheritance and he wanders off and he squanders it all and he comes to his senses. And when he comes to his senses, he says to himself, oh, I wish I, wish I could go home and my father's servants have more than this and I wish I could just be like one of them. And he, he makes a decision to go home. And, and it says in verse uh, 20, so he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him the father is a picture of the father the father the waiting father is a picture of God the son is a picture it's a parable it's it hides truth from casual observers it's it's a story that illustrates truth in the kingdom so this story of the prodigal son is a story about you it's a story about me and how we turned our back and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we, we turned and we turned from him and did our own thing. But then we woke up and we came home. And while we were far off, it says the father saw him and ran towards him. And there, there's so many beautiful pictures in that parable. But it's a picture of the compassion of God. God is a compassionate God. He's a compassionate God. The parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10, verse 33. The Samaritan on his journey came to him. This man is beaten and he's left for dead. It said when he saw the man, he had compassion on him. The Good Samaritan is the way that we're supposed to be. The Good Samaritan is a picture of, of the believer. The Good Samaritan is a picture of God. Had Gavin compassion. He went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring in the olive oil and the wine. Wow. He put him on his own animal. He brought him to the inn and he took care of him. The feeding of the multitudes was out of compassion. Verse 36, which, which we 
looking at here in Matthew 9, 36, and he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed. So who do you, if God's having compassion, who do you think's harassing them? Who, who would be harassing the people if God looks and has compassion and he sees, ah, oh, they're so harassed and beleaguered, they're so beaten down. Well, it isn't him. He's not beating them down and having compassion because he beat them. God doesn't beat you down. God doesn't harass you. God's a good God. God's a compassionate God. God is a healing God. And when he looked and he saw compassion, he was moved. It's the basis of his ministry. And honestly, it needs to be the basis of ours. So I was rebuked. I've got more compassion. I ain't stupid. Don't try to take advantage, but I have more compassion today. In Luke chapter, uh, I believe it's chapter 7. Let me get my micro print. This is a powerful passage illustrating Luke 7. Illustrating the compassion of Jesus. And Luke 7 is really one of my favorite miracles in the Bible. Verse 11, find that with me. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain. It's a Roman city. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. So there's a crowd of people following Jesus. Why, why did they follow Jesus? Because he had compassion. And he had, he had power. You know, compassion is different than sympathy. Sympathy feels bad for somebody. Lots of you have sympathy. That's not what Jesus has. That's not what God has for you. He doesn't have sympathy for you. Sympathy is, oh, that's terrible. Sorry that happened to you. Compassion actually feels your pain. Compassion is actually linked with action. You can't have compassion and not have action. If you, if you feel the pain and don't do anything, that wasn't real compassion. So this large crowd is following him because he's a compassionate God, a healer, provider. Verse 12, when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out. Listen now, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the city was with her. So you have these two crowds meeting. It's a hopeless situation because here she's a widow, and the only breadwinner would be her son, but he's dropped dead. So now, now she's not only a widow, now, now her only son is dead. So she has no means to be able to survive. I mean, the debt collector's probably coming. I mean, we're reading in between here a little bit. But when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said, don't weep. And I want to say this to you. God sees you tonight. God sees what you're going through. He sees your pain. He sees your need. He knows what you have need of. He sees you. He knows you're rising up. He knows you're setting down. And he's moved with compassion to help you. Come on, that's some good news. He knows the situation at work. He knows the situation at home. He knows the, the situation that you're battling internally, the situation in with your children. He knows everything. God knows everything. And he's moved with compassion. He cares. He not only cares, he's moved with compassion, meaning he wants to do something to help you. And I've said this before. I preach a message called the two crowds. There's really two crowds in this world. 
the death crowd and the resurrection crowd. They're going out to bury the dead, but here comes Jesus, who sees her large crowd with him. Can you imagine these it's like somber? What a sad scenario. Oh. As they come out singing some dirge. And then here come these skipping, happy, smiling, laughing people. Look what the Lord has Look, and they're just, woo! And these two crowds meet. I mean, what a contrast. <laughs> like, can't you realize somebody died here? Then he touched the coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And he who was dead sat up and began to speak. I often wonder what he said. We have no idea what he said. But it is interesting to think about it. We do not know. But you can imagine a dead guy sits up. Woo! Hey! What's up? Hey! Hey, Jesus! Wow, thanks! Or, did you have to bring me back to this hellhole? I mean, I don't, I don't know what he said. He's like, get to work. You're going to help your mama. Oh, yeah. Then again, maybe he went to hell. I mean, I, I, I don't know. We don't know. People are like, whoa, that was close. Whoa, really hot down there. Thank you so much. What's your name? Thank you. All right. So he sat up and was presented to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, said a great prophet has risen among us, talking about Jesus. And a report of him went about throughout all Judea and surrounding region. When he saw this hopeless situation, he was moved with compassion. What about the man of leprosy? Mark 1, think about that. The untouchable. Jesus breaks all, all the social all the sociological barriers, sociological barriers, not supposed to touch lepers. Don't do not touch lepers. That's wrong. I mean, you just don't do that. It's against the law. And he broke all the laws. Mark 1 and 40, a man with leprosy came to him, begged him on his knees. So get the picture of that. He's on his knees, a leper, begging on his knees. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Filled with, filled with compassion. Now, that's not just compassion. Does anybody, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about, filled with compassion. When you're filled with compassion, you, brothers, sisters, brethren, sistren, you're not thinking about anything else. It's all-consuming. It brings you into what I would say is like a travail. I mean, you're moved, you're broken, you're crying, and you're doing whatever you can to help whatever situation that is. It's not even a, a thought process. Moved or filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand, touched a man. I am willing. Amen. Be clean. Moved with, filled with what? Compassion. The healing of the blind in, in Matthew 20, verse 34, these two blind men on the outside of Jericho, Jesus had compassion on them. He touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight. He had compassion on them. The Apostle Paul, interesting, uh, the, the, the view of the Apostle Paul saw healing as a gift from God and the basis and based on, on God's mercy, God's 
compassion. Philippians 2.27, turn there. Now, I, I've learned this from Dr. Morocco. He's my pastor. He's our, he's our lead apostolic leader worldwide. And we've had a lot of evangelists come in, and they're powerful and, and, uh, and anointed in their own right. But there is something that I've seen, and not necessarily here, and I haven't seen it here. But I, I have seen in Christendom over the years, and if you've been serving the Lord for any length of time, you've probably seen the same thing, and it's made me very concerned. It's, it rubs me the wrong way. It's just sort of, it grieves me. It just feels like, God, I don't feel right. There's this, there's this sense of like power and authority, but it lacks compassion, and, it, and, and, it's, and it's almost attributed to their own revelation of power and authority. So, I mean, listen, you need to have a revelation of power and authority. You need to, you need to know that, that God is for you, so who can be against you? You need to learn to, to speak the word, declare the word, and not back off. Amen. Take authority over demonic power. Take authority over sickness and all of that. But even in the midst of that, understand it's God's compassion, not the fact that you're this anointed man or woman of God. And the word is the word, but do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not trying to undermine the word or undermine authority, but understand it's a gift. It's still a gift. And I've seen people that have been, you know, just kind of so full of themselves that, that, that it just wants to make me get sick. Amen. Philippians 2. He's talking about this yoke fellow, I've forgotten his name currently, but he's ill. And he almost died. But God had mercy on him. Not only on him, but also on me. To spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Now think about this. It's the Apostle Paul. It's the Apostle Paul. I mean, the guy got up after a pile of rocks. He, he went to the third heaven. He raised the dead. He, I mean, he wrote all the epistles, which is a Greek word for letter. Wrote all these letters to the churches. The apostle Paul, fairly anointed guy. Wouldn't you say? Come on, I mean, you know, he's pretty anointed, man. I mean, like when the apostle Paul prayed, I mean, like, Wow. The miracles that he had, how God used him across the continents and, and used him to, to be the first missionary. And I mean, on and on and on. The Apostle Paul is an amazing guy. He doesn't say, and I showed up and I spoke the word and I declared and he's healed and I'm here. Anybody else need healing? That's not the attitude. Do you understand? The, the attitude is, oh, God had mercy. Healing is an aspect of God's mercy and compassion. Yes, stand on the word. But understand it's a gift from God. And so you see this humility. Are you catching what I'm saying? Are you, are you, are you feeling me here? It, there, there's, a, there's an authority and a power that we need to walk in, but don't lose compassion. Don't lose the fact that it's a gift and you need to flow in mercy. You know, one of the things I tell... Um, University students, I've told my daughter, I've told others as I've gone off to school, go to school and get educated, but be sure that you work with people. Because if you don't work, if you don't work with people, knowledge puffs up. But if, you, if you'll take that knowledge, that biblical understanding and the knowledge that you get, and you work with people, you'll find out that a lot of your methods and the stuff that they teach you doesn't work. 
and it, and it causes you to develop a relationship with, with, with the Lord. I'm not talking specifically about ministry, but, but marketplace too. I mean, you can get so wealthy and so big and so, so much uh, fame that you lose track of all reality. I mean, think about some that have just lost it altogether. They're in their own world. Wow. Got to learn to work with people. Knowledge pops up, but people, you work with people, they'll keep you humble, Bubba. You know, our testimony is one of, it's one of his mercy. <laughs> wow. He saved you, you ugly thing. He saved you. Yeah, he did. He saved me. Come on, anybody else have you? Ah, it's his mercies that we weren't consumed. Come on, he saved you. He had compassion on you. Yes, it's a gift. Come on, somebody, give him praise in the house. Stand up on your praise break. Stand up on your feet and just worship him. Hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy. We weren't consumed. And while we were yet sinners, you died for us. You rescued us. You snatched us like a stick from the fire. Ha, ha. Yes! Wonderful. You may be seated. <laughs> yeah. Many occasions in my life, many occasions in my life I could have been dead. I, in fact, I can't, I can't count them all. I cannot count. I simply can't count them all. Somehow, the gun didn't go off, the accident turned in my favor, the, was in the right place at the right time, over and over and over and over again. God's mercy, God's compassionate mercy. I have messed myself up. He's the unique high priest back in your notes before I just start weeping up here. It's too late. I'm already weeping. He's a unique high priest. In Hebrews 4, 19, uh, let's take it from verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weakness. Pardon me. But we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet, he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy, so that we may receive compassion and mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The God we serve reveal himself in his son, Jesus Christ, to walk the earth for 33 and a half years to demonstrate what the Father is like. And all who came to him were healed. Every disease, every sickness. He's a compassionate God. So remove far from your thinking, from your mind, that he's given you some disease or bondage. He, he would, where would he even find it? He didn't give you disease or bondage or sickness or infirmity it doesn't come from God. No, all of that's a result of the fall and a result of the devil. 
the ramifications of Jesus' compassion for our lives is this. We can believe or he will help us. You believe, listen, believe. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So believe in your heart that he's a God of compassion and that he's, he not only can, he wants to. He wants to. He can do. He can do all things and he wants to help you. You got to operate out of his compassion in healing ministry. I think about some of the times where I've seen the greatest miracles in flow through my own hands as the power of God would be put on display and some of the greatest miracles that I've seen over the years have happened um, when I was so moved with what was taking place and like an alabaster box my heart just breaking before the Lord praying and laying hands on somebody or making a declaration and there, there's so many stories I could tell you but one comes to mind. I've told it many times before. I was in Kauai. I was a new pastor there and went to, uh, I was pastoring in LALA. LA. Pastor Vince was there and Minister Ava. And Didi, you were just a little girl back then. And Brandon, you weren't even in the picture, brother. We prayed you in, though. You're a great man. Praise God. I went to visit somebody's house, and, and they told me the story of their, their baby girl, their daughter, who had gotten on drugs three years prior and disappeared, and they hadn't heard from her one bit. And they're weeping, and they're telling me their story. Now, I, I know a little bit about that. I know what it is to lose your family. I know what it is to go through hard times like that. And as they're telling me, I just cracked and we're there weeping and this compassion turned into this zeal and authority. And I found myself, I'd never been to their house before, I'd never met them before. I'm, they were a part of the church, but it stopped coming and I was visiting to try to encourage them to come back to church. And this compassion turned into this authority and this zeal. It was like the Holy Spirit just came on me and I found myself uh, stand, standing on top of a chair and I'm not sure why that happened. I, uh, I just got on top of a chair. It wasn't really a thought process. I'm just glad it wasn't grandma's kitchen table or anything. It was one of those chairs covered in plastic, so I figured it was all good. I stood up on the chair and I made a prophetic decree, which was really, I mean, really, as I look back on it, it was the Lord just barred my mouth, spoke through me. I happened to be a vessel that was there and, and said, your daughter's gonna call in a week. She'll be home within the month. God's intervened. He heard your cry. It's over, says the Lord. And the place was shaking with the power of God. And when I, I got off the chair and I'm like, what did you do, you idiot? Jesus, help me. Like, I, mean, I was instantly like in the flesh thinking, what have you just done? Of course, they didn't see that. I was like, hallelujah, praise God. His mercy, his compassion. Is there anything else you need? Do we need to multiply your food or anything? You know, we're such, we could be such jerks. I was totally like, oh my gosh, did that just happen? I mean, if they saw what was going on on the inside of me, I was just totally freaked out. So, I mean, I left as good as I thought, Lord bless you. You know, when I walked off, I saw a Catholic priest do that once before, so I tried that. (laughs) 
I walked out. I called them every day for the next week. Hey, just checking in with you. And they're like, oh, that was such a powerful word. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah. So, uh, everything good? Yeah, no, everything's great. I'm, I'm figuring they're going to tell me, you know, after about three or four days, I'm like, well, did she call? No, she didn't call. So a week would be Saturday. That Saturday, I mean, I'm going to tell you every day, I'm like, oh, God, come on, let it not be a false word. Lord, God, help me. I'm the new guy. I'm the new pastor. Lord. And really, he's whispering, it wasn't even you. Just chill. But I wasn't chill at all, as my daughter would say. And I went all the way to Saturday, and I called on Saturday, and they were absolutely in another place. They're, they couldn't even talk on the phone. I'm like, oh, that's a good sign. It was a good sign. I could feel it. And Father's like, she called. I'm like, of course she did. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we just sat there and rejoiced, which meant she'll be home in a month. And they said, she's coming home. She'll be here in two weeks. She came back. She was on drugs and missing for three years. She got saved. She came to the church. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost and was with us for, I want to say, 60 days, something like that. Moved back to Honolulu, met some Samoan pastor's son, got married, and as I know it, they're in ministry today. Now listen, you need to understand, though, that it was allowing yourself compassion. I don't really understand it all, but it allowing, it's a, it's a gift of the Spirit. Well, it's not a gift of the Spirit. It's a working of the Spirit within you. God, listen, the devil feels no compassion. God is compassion. So when you allow, though, that to move, to be moved to action, let your heart break, it releases the power of God. I don't really understand it all, but I know it to be true, and I see it in Scripture. Jesus moved with the bowels of compassion. I mean, that's just like, wow. It's a key to releasing healing. Are you telling me I have to like cry and weep and feel sorry and, and for everybody that, I don't think you can drum that up, but you certainly need to do the next thing. You need to live a life of compassion and forgiveness. For me, I wasn't feeling so much compassion for the down and out manipulator. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. And so I, the Lord put his finger and said, where were you, son? I was like, really? It's like you were way worse. I sent people to love you. I sent people to pour in the oil and pour in the wine. Where, where, where's your compassion? I got so rebuked. Don't ever lose your compassion. Forgive people. You live in forgiveness. I mean, what do you want to do? If you don't live in forgiveness and, and live a life of compassion, what do you live under your kitchen table the rest of your life? Is it, you live under the listen, don't settle for crumbs and live under the kitchen table. Be seated at the table of the Lord. And, and, and bring others to the table. Jesus is moved with compassion. We need to be moved with compassion. We must live a life of compassion and forgiveness. Colossians 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion. Compassion. 
humility, gentleness, and patience. Think about how God's been gracious and compassionate to you. You know, we just want God to, God, you, you just do this thing for me. How about you do that for someone else? First John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in Christ, whoever claims to live in him, must walk as Jesus did. If you're a Christian, finding yourself with a low tank of compassion like I was just the other day. You probably need to repent and ask God to forgive you and forgive those who've got you. I, I, listen, if it wasn't for the Lord pulling all the knives out of my back and healing me, I would look like a, I don't know, a dartboard. So that's why I just can't not listen. That's pe people are hurting and they're broken. Some of them are even demonized, and they 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 they're scattered. They're they're harassed, and they they, they need a shepherd. They, they need somebody to love them, to help them, to point the way. Don't you ever let compassion be shut down. Don't do it. It's a key to miracles. A key to the anointing. It's a key to the unction, to flowing in the unction and the power of God. If you don't feel compassion, you better check yourself because you might not have as much of God in you as you think you do. Oh, that was so good right there. That was good. If you don't feel compassion, if you're not moved by other people's infirmities and difficulties, some people really have a gift of compassion. Then you need to, you, you know, you need to examine yourself. We can get hard-hearted. You know, one of the one of the the markers of the end time church, the the is that there'll be cold love. Their love will be cold. I don't ever want to be that. And I guess for me, as I've found myself giving counsel to a pastor, I was rebuked and realized, oh, that's dangerous. Jesus help me. How's your, how's your love level for people? You guys okay? You all right? Is that conviction I smell? What is that? Come on, lift your hands all across this place. People, people, people. I know. I know, just like you. Just like me. He's been so compassionate with you. You rejected him and rejected him and rejected him and rejected him. Okay, you finally turned. Now you're in church. You're on fire. Now you point the finger at somebody else. Pull the speck out of your own eye, you knucklehead. Before you go try to pull the, you know, pull the plank out of your own eye before you go try to get the speck out of somebody else's. Do you get that picture, pull the plank out of your own eye? Can you imagine a two-by-four? Just imagine for a second a two-by-four coming out of your head. And somebody else has a little sliver. So here, here comes a two-by-four. Let me help you. I mean, bah! You won't even be, oh, come on. This text goes on to say, Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he thrust forth laborers into the harvest, for the harvest is ripe. 
We need compassion for the lost, the hurting and the broken. God, we before you right now. We stand and we ask for you to soften our hearts. We repent, Lord, for where we've been jaded. Lord, we don't want to be codependent. We certainly can't be the Messiah. That's you. But we want to point the way and we want to be like the good Samaritan. We want to pour in the oil, pour in the wine. That's a picture of the anointing, a picture of the healing power of God. We, we want to do our part, Lord. And use the resources that you've given us to help the widows and the orphans, the, help, the hurting, the broken, the lost, the halt, the lame. Lord, I pray right now for release of your power upon each and every person that's sick and struggling, those that are hurting. I didn't preach long to you. If you need healing in your body, you're struggling in your emotions, your heart, you're brokenhearted, we want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Would you, would you come if that's you? You need a miracle tonight. You need a touch from God tonight. Holy Spirit, come right now. Come by your power. Release your power. Release your anointing. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit right now. Come. Release your power. Release your power. Release your power. Release your power. Release your healing touch. Holy Spirit, right now. Give me wisdom. Be healed. And understanding. If you need compassion, you realize you're low, ask him for it. Holy Spirit, do it. Pastors, go for it. Ministers, go for it.
Come rain on us, holy 
feet upon a firm place upon the rock which I stand below the ground is sinking sand and I worship you and thank you for your compassion and your mercies they fail me not thank you thank you for taking out the heart of stone and putting in a heart of flesh Lord release compassion upon these release compassion upon these Release compassion upon us that we would be workers, Lord. We pray, God, Lord of the harvest, that you would thrust forth a king's army, an army of the king, that the highways and the byways move with compassion to share the glorious news of Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, crucified on a cruel Roman cross for our sins and the sins of the world that all who call upon you shall be saved. Use us, O oh God. Use us, Lord. Raise up laborers. Raise up laborers. Raise up laborers. Filled with compassion. Not people that are pharisaical and religious. We don't need that. We need people moved with compassion. Filled with compassion. I am, Lord, standing in the need of here I am, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Come on, lift your voice. Here I am, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Here I am, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. If you're not right with God, don't you leave this place in that condition. The reason this church is here, the reason we're building the new building is to reach the lost and to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That is why we do what we do. That is why we have service after service and pray seven days a week. That is why we give the way we give, serve the way we serve, because there really is a place called hell and there really is a place called heaven. And if the veil could be pulled back tonight and you could see you would be freaked out and would serve God just a little bit harder. I think we would. We're here because there really is a harvest and it takes compassion. You must have compassion. Ask God right now for compassion. And then, then I'm going to invite those who don't know Jesus to receive him tonight. God, we ask, first of all, for compassion. Again, we ask, fill us with your compassion. And I thank you for it. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, those online, those listening by podcast, even at a later date perhaps, if you're not right with God, don't you leave this place like that. Repent. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Believe on the Lord and you shall be saved. All across this place, if that's you, 
You want to get right with God for the first time or you want to make a recommitment to Him or you just want to be assured of your salvation all across this place. Again, those online. If that's you, you say, that's me, Pastor. You want to be included in this prayer, just slip your hand up right now. Do it right now. Lift your hand high. Yep, that's good. God bless you. Awesome. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Praise the Lord. Perhaps online as well. Let's pray this right out loud, just right where you're standing. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. The Holy Spirit, I'm praying, you'd fill and touch. You know, if you're here and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need. It takes God to live for God. If you've never been baptized in the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I want to invite you to come front right now. Ministers, pastors, you come. You want to receive the baptism of the Spirit. I'm going to tell you, everybody needs it. You just receive it by faith. Come on, just come. Come right up. Right now, I'm going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, release your power. Be filled. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Be filled right now, in Jesus' name. Be filled right now. If you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, come on, just do that right now. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Be filled. It's not here, it's here. It's out of your belly, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It's not out of your head. It's not a time to study right now. It's a time to receive and just let Him flow through you. Be filled right now. Be filled right now. Show In the name of Jesus. Here I am, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Here I am, Lord, standing in the need Be of prayer. Be filled. Your mind, get in your heart. Here I am. Be filled. Standing in the need of prayer. Come on, you gotta participate. Just let it out. Here I am, Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Come on, sing it again one more time. Here I am, Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Here I am, Lord.
service is almost over. Sing in the spirit. Put your hands together for Jesus all across this place. Let me close in prayer. Don't miss anything that's taking place. All of you men, you need to register for the men's camp. It's at Pastor Kirsten's house. We're camping out, eating steak, and having flapjacks. It's not this weekend. It's next weekend, but I need you to register so we know how many people to get food for and all of that. It's $25. That'll cover your steak and your food. That's basically it. Amen. We're going to eat good. It's going to be good, as it always is. We're moving the circus tent over there, and uh, you bring your tent, bring your RV. Amen. I told my wife, it's like a Holy Ghost Woodstock. She says, Woodstock was nasty. I said, yeah, a Holy Ghost Woodstock. It's holy, a Holy Ghost. Holy, righteous. It's a righteous camp. Amen with music and preaching, and it's going to be revival. We're going to have an amazing time. It's high school and up, all right? So no junior hires. We've had people asking that, but we are going to allow high schoolers to go. It's going to be amazing. My guest that's coming is just a great, great men speaker, great prophetic gift, great man of God. I hope you got something today. Let the compassion of the Lord fill you. Let's reach this community. Come on, someone say hallelujah. Let me close in blessing. Father, thank you for what you've done tonight. We give you praise and glory and honor. Pour out your spirit, God, upon us. Lord, the remainder of this week, God, we thank and praise you. Bless your people, oh God. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. And give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you on the weekend. God bless you.